It's the JT The Brick Show. They get the snap ball. Hand off Jacobs. That's the first down of the goal. 15-10. 5. Touchdown Raiders. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Raiders bring a blitz. He is smothered and brought down. Max Crosby came around for the sack. Your silver and black home to sound off for over 20 years. Shotgun snap to Stidham. Lobs here corner for Adams. Makes the grab in the corner. Touchdown Raiders. An absolutely perfect pass. And Adams dragged his feet in the back left corner. And now, filling in for JT today is Harry Ruiz. What's good? There you go. Raider Nation, what's good? Harry Ruiz here with you today, Wednesday. You know what that means. Tomorrow, media's back at Raiders headquarters for OTAs. The players, they were out there Monday. They were out there Tuesday. Now we're going to be able to share some imagery with you, some details of what's going on. Of course, we can't. There's some media things that we can't shoot. Like, we'll shoot some of the beginning of the practice. We'll share some photos, some video. The Review Journal does a fantastic job. I'll be there on my own social media sharing stuff with you. JT the Brick will be live in the building tomorrow. Q Myers will be there, and we'll be talking with you on his show about it. The Morning Tailgate crew, they'll be there. I know Clay and Vinny never miss a beat out there. So we love being your go-to place for Raiders information and OTAs. Man, those that's the days where you want to see the guys grinding and working hard. And we've seen the players out there when they've been able to. And football season, I know that when we talk about regular season, we still might be a couple of months away. But the reality is, you know, training camp is right around the corner. Mandatory mini camp is two weeks away. But something that I've loved about seeing the Raiders out there with the images that the team has shared is that a lot of those top players that you want to see getting the work in, like a Max Crosby, like a Chandler Jones, they're out there grinding and getting their work in. And that's what you want to see from your team, Raider Nation. So Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM, live here today from Las Vegas, Nevada. Raider Nation, I want to hear from you. 702-365-9200. What are you waiting to see from the Raiders in these OTAs and these practices? Do you want the guys out there? We saw over in New York where uh, Aaron Rodgers tweaked his calf a little bit, but he is out there. You want to see your guys at these practices where they're not mandatory, but where you can go and start getting a feel for your team, where you could start and seeing the Jimmy Garoppolo's of the world taking their first snaps with his teammates officially. We know that some of these players uh, most more than likely get together and train uh, in a local park or somewhere uh, a little bit more hidden before going out and doing it in an official manner. And right here, Heck, in Henderson, in the Raiders headquarters, in the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, that, that's the top-of-the-line facility in the NFL right now. That's a place where, even though it's not in season, you'll see Max Crosby's car parked there because there's no better place in Las Vegas to train than there. So the Raiders... They're getting their work in, and we'll be talking about Raiders football, of course. Today, I'll have a couple of guests lined up. We will talk with Ben Goats live from Dallas, Texas, where the Golden Knights are one win away 
from being in the Stanley Cup Finals for the second time in the team's history. Second time in six years if they get one more win. Nobody, no team has ever blown a 3-0 lead in the Final Four in the Western Conference or Eastern Conference playoffs. They've never blown a lead being up 3 to nothing. So the Golden Knights, the stats show you that it's very, very likely that in a couple of next week, we might have Stanley Cup finals out here in Las Vegas, and that's huge. You know how many teams in Canada wished that they were in the Stanley Cup finals right now? It's been a while since one of them lifted the cup in the Vegas Golden Knights. They are five wins away from doing so, but one step at a time. They need to get that win out there in Dallas, and we will be talking with Ben Goats, the beat writer for the Las Vegas Review-Journal, for the Las Vegas Golden Knights. That would be huge for this city. This team, I've been living here for over six years, and this squad has taken over the hearts of a lot of folks in Las Vegas. I know a lot of people that didn't even watch hockey before the Golden Knights made their debut. And since then, this town, they've become a hockey town. They've become a city where this team has loved them. And they might not know a lot about hockey or been learning about hockey since back in 2018, and they're into it. And that would be huge for the city. Ben Goats, we'll be talking about the game. We'll be listening to highlights of last night's win, 4 to nothing over the Dallas Stars, Stars which, by the way, I know Bobby was uh, watching the game. He was producing the game out here in the Lotus Broadcasting Studios. When they threw trash out on the rink, I originally was joking with Jesus Lopez, a Spanish broadcaster. I'm being a part of the road games, uh, pregame, intermission, postgame. I joke with Jesus, and I was like, look, hopefully the Golden Knights lose two games. That way I get to work another game with you guys because I'm enjoying it. I'm having a good time. After the fans threw trash on the rink, and not just like just trash like a napkin or a wrapper or even like they did with Aiden Hill, some popcorn, which, hey, they're soft. I'd be happy if somebody threw popcorn at me. I might open my mouth and see if I catch some of them. They were throwing bottles out on the on the rink. That's not cool. And the officials, they sent the players back into the locker room, and I was like, yo, what's going on? And then it's like, hey, they're going to play the last 21 seconds after the intermission and then play the whole third period. I was like, that's crazy. I hope uh, those fo- American arenas nowadays, you got cameras everywhere. Same thing with stadiums. I hope the folks that threw some stuff out on the rink, they get a ban or something for a couple of years because you can't be doing that in pro sports at least nowadays. In the past, it would go crazy. Right now, no. So we'll be talking Vegas Golden Knights today out here in Las Vegas. All Elite Wrestling. They'll be in town for their TV, national TV, Dynamite. They will have it at MGM Grand Garden Arena. Then on Sunday, they have their pay-per-view, Double or Nothing. I'll be there. I'll be covering the event. And we'll have Damon Cotton from here, from Raider Nation Radio and the game where he has his boxing and wrestling and MMA show. He's a big wrestling guy, so we'll talk about to him about how big it is having this event here in Las Vegas where one of the top companies in the world, they consider Las Vegas one of their hubs for their big events. So we'll talk about that. NBA, the Celtics, they said we're not going to allow the finals to be determined Right now, with back-to-back sweeps in the West and in the East, they're alive. I know Bobby is happy with that. LeBron James, what's up with the King? Is he staying? Is he going? What, what are his demands? I mean, he wants to play with his kid, right? He wants to play with Bronny. 
That means he has to play at least, at least two more seasons. It's interesting. We'll hear from Rob Palinka, the Lakers GM. We'll hear from David Hamm, the head coach, about the LeBron situation, which, by the way, if you know me, you know I'm a Southern California guy. I'm from L.A. I was telling the folks over at the morning tailgate uh, on Friday, uh, Vinny was like, you're a Lakers fan. I was like, well, I'm a Lakers fan in hiatus. LeBron James has taken over my franchise, and it feels more like the Los Angeles LeBrons than the Lakers. So if he retires, I'll be happy. I'll be going back rooting on my Lakers. A lot of people say, it's like, dude, LeBron brought them back to relevancy. I preferred the Lakers, even though it was a D'Angelo Russell and a Brandon Ingram and a Julius Randle, and they were first-round draft picks, but they weren't getting the results. I'm like, I'll root for a losing team if they're my team. When LeBron took over, now it seems like it's LeBron and friends. What's going on out there in L.A.? And I'm like, nah, I'll wait for him to retire. We'll talk about hoops. We got, heck, a boxing match that is going to be huge in our town. Crawford versus Spence. Two world champions, two guys that at 147 are killing it. They finally agreed for a boxing match. And Crawford left top rank based here in Las Vegas. And now he's being advised uh, by a different promoter. And I love it. That's great. We'll talk with DeMond about that, too, because he's big into boxing. And heck, this town is going to be that that weekend is going to be popping out here in Las Vegas. And of course, something that I'm happy about. And I know some folks aren't the Oakland A's. Every day they get closer and closer and closer to moving to Las Vegas. Today they announced jointly with local and state leaders that the there's a tentative agreement between the governor's office, the A's, Treasurer Zach Conine, and Clark County officials to forward a bill for consideration by the Nevada legislator that would bring Major League Baseball to the Las Vegas Strip. I was talking with someone yesterday, and he was like, yo, I prefer an expansion franchise. You don't know if there's going to be an expansion franchise or not. Of course it would be cool. It happened with the Golden Knights, and they're, they've are they been winning since year one pretty much. Only missed the playoffs once in six years. But that doesn't guarantee that. Just, just wait. Wait for expansion. Uh, expansion. You don't know if it's going to happen. So a lot of folks don't like the A's. They're the worst team right now in Major League Baseball. But if they come to Vegas, they got to change their ways, and I think they will. They got a billionaire owner, and if he gets a new stadium, maybe he will change his ways. Look at Tampa Bay. They don't have a nice stadium out there in Tampa, and they haven't been investing a lot, but they find ways to be competitive each and every year. And that's what the A's wish they could do in Oakland, but with a Randown Stadium that I love. I love the Coliseum, but heck, you got possums up in the press box in the visiting team booth. You got pipes breaking and teams not being able to shower in their locker rooms. And it's crazy what's going on out there in the Coliseum. And heck, even the players' safety. We saw Rendon from the Angels almost getting into a fight on opening day with a fan because he walks right next to the railing and someone called him out. He went over, called him over, and grabbed him by the neck. I'm like, dude, be smart. Be a smart baseball player. Don't get suspended. Out here in Vegas, they would have a first-class facility. And I'll bring it back to the Raiders with this. The Raiders, they because of them, Allegiant Stadium got built because – NFL football came to Las Vegas. That stadium, beautiful stadium, Allegiant Stadium, the Death Star, got built next to the Strip. 
And because of Allegiant Stadium, we'd had we've had huge events that weren't coming to Vegas because you got stadium tours. Got the Beyonce's of the world. You got the BTS's of the world. You got the Metallica's of the world that they will play in concerts. They won't play in arenas in certain tours. And you're getting Vegas now in the loop because of that. Of course, you get great events in arenas out here like T-Mobile Arena, like the MGM Grand Garden Arena, where you can get pack it with 15,000 fans or T-Mobile up to 20,000 fans, and that's cool. But then you got that next tier of events where can you imagine a UFC card out here in Las Vegas at the Las at the ballpark that they might built at the Tropicana site? Thirty thousand fans, that would be very freaking cool. You might not fill up a sixty thousand seat stadium with a UFC fight out here in the United States, but if you have a thirty thousand seat stadium on the Strip, if you have I don't know a Conor McGregor fight or another fight that gets enough buzz. A boxing fight? Heck, I think that Spence against Crawford would be a great stadium fight if you had the right capacity. It might not feel the Legion Stadium, but right now with the A's, it probably will with their new stadium that might get built. I'm loving it. I don't know about you guys. 323? No, not the, I was about to give out my phone number. 702-365-9200. I know that some folks in Raider Nation are saying it's like, yo, no, the A's, they were doing things. I remember that they took some seats out at uh, the Black Hole and they they built a section for their stadium because they were the the lead tenant out there at the Coliseum and the Black Hole was pissed off at them. And it was like, yo, no, and the team was pissed off at them too. Now they might be neighbors again. Let's see what ends up happening. 702-365-9200, Raider Nation. You know my phone lines are always open for you. doesn't matter which segment of the show. As long as I don't have a guest on the air, you're cool to call me. Storylines right now for the Raiders. That wide receiver room, it's loaded. It's packed right now. Double digits. You got a lot of guys competing for spots and a lot of interesting names. And OTAs is where coaching staffs can see the kind of work that you got in that room and the guys that are putting the work and are sacrificing and doing everything possible because you know that the Devontae Adamses of the world, the Hunter Renfros of the world, the, the Jacobis of the world, they got a spot pretty much locked down on the 53. But there are guys, a lot of interesting names that the Raiders brought and put in on the rotation that are going to be fighting for a spot right now in OTAs and that's something that Raider Nation is interested about they see the numbers in there and they start speculating about things it's like oh who are we going to cut who are we going to trade what is going to go down of course like when you see a Trey Tucker it's like yo he got drafted in the third round he is going to be on this squad Hunter Renfro, that's the name that a lot of people are touching and being like, no, he might get traded. No, he might not come back. I'm like, guys, let the process play out. He's He's been a great player for the Raiders. That season where Darren Waller was out a lot, he raked in a lot of yards 2021, and he was the main receiver. Now with a lot of folks healthy without uh, Darren Waller, that ball's going to be spread out a lot. The Raiders... They're going to have options, and Hunter Renfro, I think, is going to be one of the main ones, Jacoby Myers. Philip Dorsett is a very interesting name. He's a nine-year vet in the NFL, but the speed has always been there, and that's something that the Raiders missed last year. 
Henry Ruggs was supposed to have that spot, and we all remember what happened with Henry. So now the Raiders are looking to fill up that spot, and Philip Dorsett right there is going to be one of those guys. Keelan Cole is a guy that I liked a lot, that he had great numbers before coming out to Las Vegas despite playing for franchises like the Jets, like the Jaguars, where he didn't have great quarterbacks throwing his way. He had his mark towards the end of the season, and I liked what he did with the silver and black, and he has an opportunity. OTAs is a big moment for guys like this. Or you look over at a DeAndre Carter who's a special teams guy, who's a guy that you then you put him in there. I, I remember calling those Raiders-Chargers games, and I was like, yo, this guy is doing a great job right there, and he we're calling his number a lot. Justin Herbert's throwing the ball his way. Is he going to earn a spot on the roster? Last year, I remember Demarcus Robinson. A lot of folks liked him out on the field, but the Raiders cut him loose and let him go compete for a job elsewhere because they – saw what happened and they were like yo okay we got several players above him let's give the veteran an opportunity to go and earn playing time elsewhere and not wait until the end and now this nfl season unlike previous years where you had to make cuts after preseason games and bring down your roster from 90 to 80 from 80 to 70 then 70 to 53 this year there's not going to be cuts until after the last game where you're obligated to go from 90 to 53. So I told you guys last time I was on the air with you guys, I'm excited about this Raiders preseason because we'll be able to see a lot of these guys throughout those three preseason games that the Raiders have this year and training camp and start with the OTAs that we got coming up tomorrow where media is able to attend and we'll be able to tell you guys who's there, who's not, what kind of work is going on. OTAs, that that gets hot out there in Henderson, but the media, we're out there, fans are out there, and that's going to be the fun part of the year where you start seeing guys battling for spots. And right now that's all you can do is depend on yourself Go out there, put it on tape. I was listening to Devontae Adams on the I Am Athlete podcast that he that was aired live last week, and he was telling the story about Aaron Rodgers. It's like I wish people could see the practice tape from Aaron Rodgers, and they would appreciate him even more than they do right now because there's stuff in practice that he does that is ridiculous that nobody gets to see besides the players. Besides those that they have those special tablets that they can see immediately and check out the tape and it all gets recorded nowadays and archived and that's what makes special players special. When you're at practice and you're giving it your all and then you go on Sundays and just replicate what you did and one up yourself on game days, if you don't if you take practice and be lazy at practice, how do you expect to be great? And that's what I remember from OTAs last year. That's what I remember from the training camp practices I attended last year. I was looking over at Devontae Adams, and this guy was a beast. I was looking over at Max Crosby, and this guy was a beast. And you're like, there's only a certain amount of fans and the media watching, but they know that if they want to be special, that's the time to do it. You got to put in the work and Get it done. And the Raiders, I think that with these two leaders they have right now, they will be able to do big things if 
the rest of the guys on the roster. Right now, 88. Eventually, it's going to be 51 besides Crosby and Adams. Got to get the work done. And that's what the Raiders want to do this year. Heck, it's been a while. It's been a while, Raider Nation. We want to make it to the playoffs, and we want to win in the playoffs. So let's see if this is the version of the Raiders that gets this team over the hump because they got to put it on for the black hole. The Black Hole Fan Club has been the foundation of the nation with over 40 chapters worldwide since 1995. If you bleed silver and black and want to connect with other diehard fans, then visit theblackhole.com and become an official member of football's most notorious fans. Visit theblackhole.com. This is Raider Nation Radio, the JT The Brick Show. On a shot clock, smart right hand dribble, floats in a tandem. He's got to look left side three. Oh. Get it! <laughs> Man, these big boys is stepping in the track right now. The Celtics have an eight point lead. The Celtics win to live another day, to stay alive in the Eastern Conference Finals and in the NBA playoffs. Bobby, I know you're a huge Celtics fan, but yesterday when I was walking into uh, Buffalo Wild Wings where I was broadcasting the pregame, postgame, and the intermission of the Golden Knights playoff coverage on Deportes Vegas, 1460 AM, I was thinking, I was like, you know what? Let's do like a funeral music and be like the two teams that everybody thought the NBA wanted in the finals got swept. But the Celtics showed heart yesterday. They played defense, and they got the job done in Miami, and now they want to be a part of history and potentially come back, but they got to win one game at a time. They got the job done yesterday in South Beach. I'm sorry. I was listening to Sepultura. You said something? I was like, yo, funeral music <laughs> and be like, this, this is the funeral of the Los Angeles Lakers uh-huh. and the Celtics. You, you could say that for LeBron and AD, Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's, they, Celtics ain't done just yet. I know. And it was a Miami took the lead in the first quarter. They went into halftime up by six. And then that third quarter, the Celtics, they got rolling. They did an incredible job, including my man White. That Derek White, 16 points, including a big three in the third quarter. Inbounds to Marcus Smart. Fakes the handoff back to Tatum. Turns the corner, drives the paint, throws out to Al in the corner. Relocating, open, White, three, got it. The Celtics have come back again to tie it. But this is a a league where superstars dominate, where superstars, you need them to have big games and... Uh, Jalen Brown, he's had an up and a more down than up series in the Eastern Conference Finals yesterday. 17 points, four rebounds, four assists, including this dunk. Tatum passes on the loose ball. Bounce pass lead. Al Horford for Jalen Brown. Oh! Dives in and flushes hard on Bam on the bio. <laughs> You hear the Celtics broadcast network. They were excited. It's like, there you go. You got one on Bam who's been doing a great job on the boards. But when you talk Celtics, there's one name, and that's Agent Zero right there, Jason Tatum. 42 minutes, 33 points, 11 rebounds, 7 assists, close to a triple-double. And Jason Tatum, he was a star. He is the star of the Celtics, and he is the one that's showing up. Now Tatum with the swagger, crossover, step back, three! <laughs> I love this. Hey, that color analyst job right now is just going, woo hoo 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 
That's it. That is Celtic legend Cedric Cornbread Maxwell doing the color over it, on the radio side. I love it, man. I mean, you that shows you that he's like into it right there. And when he's talking like that or making those noises, like it's going positive for his boys. That it hasn't been the case for the Celtics in the first three games. Well, this, well, Cedric don't play golf, so he he wants more basketball. He's not looking for no tea times. Yeah, there's a lot of people in the in the sports industry that them like. All right, once the season ends. Let's go to Cancun and let's play some beautiful golf courses out there and enjoy the beach with the family. But the Celtics, they stay alive. And it would have been a nightmare for the NBA if it had been sweeping the West, sweeping the East with the two teams that would will probably give them the matchup with the least amount of rating compared to what it would have been with Celtics and Lakers. But you get another game, and Bobby, I was shocked that the NBA released their schedule for the finals with the finals starting Thursday. Next week. Yeah, I know. If it had been a sweep yesterday, it would have been eight days without the NBA. It very well may be about six or seven days without the NBA, the way this thing plays out. So I'll ask you as a loyal Celtics fan, and you saw the effort in game three, and it was like they steamrolled them, and it was a game where they were out of contention, and everybody was saying, oh, the Celtics are done. What you saw yesterday from the Celtics, I remember you, game six, before Philadelphia, we were here in the studio, you were like, they're done, and look, they're still playing. Do you think they got what it takes to potentially come back? Oh, sure. To win four four straight, yeah, absolutely, no problem. Why against Miami? They, you know, I'll tell you honestly, if they put themselves in the proper headspace and they play to the maximum of their potential for forty eight minutes, they can beat any team, any team. That's exactly. the problem is trying to get them motivated to go out and do that for forty eight minutes, and you've seen the results of that also. Joe Mazzulla, the coach for the Celtics, he said defense is key, right? Well, yeah, obviously, duh, defense wins championships. Everybody knows that. Let's listen to their head coach right now, Mr. Joe Mazzula. Regardless if the ball goes in, you have to defend, and so we didn't do that at times throughout the series, and I thought tonight we did that. Uh, with empty possession or not, we still guard at a high level. And uh, when we're at our best, that's kind of what we do. That's what we have to do. Yeah, you look at the final scores of the first three games in the series, and Miami, 123 points, 111 points, 128 points. Yesterday, they kept them under triple digits, 99. And the Celtics say that their job, they put the, the point, the enough, enough points on the scoreboard, and heck, they've been putting points up on the scoreboard, triple digits every game, but they weren't stopping Miami. They weren't stopping the key players in the heat side of, and heck, even you would see Jimmy Butler. He was getting too cocky because he knows he can get cocky because he knows that he is being the baller out there on the court that's taking over these playoffs with the Miami Heat. Now, Let's see if he can get one more win. Is it going to be in the Garden? Is it going to be in South Beach? We don't know. But Boston, I hope they give him hell because it's been entertaining to watch when it's competitive. Might even be next November. You never know. And you go back You go back to last year when the Celtics eliminated health, the, the Heat. He was like, we're going to be back here, and we're going to be able to mm-hmm. fix it. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, heck, I think a, a sweep would have been beautiful, but you and still I think got they did, And I think they did a hell of a job against a team that was completely unmotivated for three games. They did a damn fine job. How the heck are you unmotivated in the NBA playoffs? How the hell should I know? No, no, no. That's what I'm like. How? 
You can't be unmotivated right dude, now. Don't, 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 don't look at me. I motivate oh, my no. ass out of bed every day for what these people pay me. Come on, man. You can't, and it ain't no $18 million a year, I assure you. That's what I'm like. The Celtics, they got talent. They got a team that won 57 games this year, which was the second best record in not just the Eastern Conference, but in the NBA. Mm-hmm. The only behind Milwaukee. And Milwaukee got booted. So right now in the playoffs, the team with the best record have been the Celtics, and they struggled against the Sixers. They're struggling against Miami. They should be better. Well, look, it's the same thing I told you before. It's the same thing with the Golden Knights. If they play to the maximum of their potential for 60 minutes, they can beat any team in the league. Look what they did with Dallas the past couple nights. But the point is trying to get these guys to motivate and play to the maximum of their potential. After these guys think they're so bleeping good, they can just, ah, we're good to go. We can take care of this. We three nothing leap. Don't worry about it. We'll still we'll we'll still take care of it. That's where coaches fascinating to me. You look over at Espo, Eric Spolstro with Miami. What he has been able to do with a lot of different variations oh, of yeah. the Heat, with players coming in, coming out with different stars. He did it with Wade by himself. He did it with Wade and with uh, with uh, LeBron and Bosh. LeBron left, and they still kept being one of the teams. Heck, they, they seem to be a fixture in the deep end of the playoffs every single year. Spo, this might not have the deep roster that other teams have, but he finds a way to get him there. I'll tell you right right now, God's honest truth, Spolster is out-coaching Missoula up and down the court every game. Exactly. Because he's got more experience in his pinky than Missoula's got in his entire resume. Tomorrow, 5.30 p.m., game number five. Let's see if the Celtics are able to stay alive. And It's going to well, be a busy day tomorrow. I know. You know what? I'm lucky that when the Golden Knights are on the road, I'm calling the games from that establishment I already mentioned, and they got multiple screens. So I'm able to watch Golden Knights on one, and that's my main focus. But I can peek over and watch some hoops as well. And then I cordially, I was like, yo, can you put the Dodger game too? That way I can keep up with my boys in blue and see Mm -hmm. if after getting whooped by St. Louis, we can do something against Atlanta. And hey, they want to. That's the same thing I did with the post games. As soon as the uh, Celtic game was over, I flipped over to the Red Sox and the Angels. I was watching the end of the Golden Knights and the Red Sox game. There you go. God bless the guy that invented the remote control. God bless whoever allows, uh, whoever got the streaming devices too, because if you have a TV, if you have a computer and a phone, you could have each one with different, oh, that's, different I, games. I can do that, but that's a problem. I mean, really, when you're to the point, you've got the Celtics on the big screen, you've got the Golden Knights on the laptop, and you've got the Red Sox on the phone, it's time for therapy. <laughs> well, well, I think I need to go to therapy then. Uh, somebody that might need to go to the therapist and be like questioning is like, do I want to come back to, I don't want to come back next year is LeBron James. We heard him in the post game and not guarantee if he is going to be back next season. LeBron. I mean, I agree. I'm not a LeBron guy. There's a lot of folks that are LeBron guys and gals. For the love of God, please just show me 10 people that give a crap. I swear to God, dude, we've done this before. Google Aaron Rodgers for more info. It's the same bleeping argument. Is he going to stay? Is he going to go? Is he going to come stay, lay, pray? Who cares? The guy is almost 40 years old. 20 years he has been in the NBA. I don't care. We've done this over and over. In game four, I noticed that in the second half. He was dragging for a while. He was like, you you wouldn't see him run up and down the court like you want a player to do in that 
moment where your team is about to be eliminated and he had the final shot and he had the defense all over him and he couldn't put the ball back up to potentially win the game. And, and he clanged that shot, boy. Mm. Yep, exactly. That was a hell of a clang. It was a fine clang. Exit interviews. Raiders GM Rob Palenka was asked about the LeBron situation and what's up, what's going to happen. Is the team going to go and have conversations with him about it? Coach and I will speak to LeBron in the coming days. We all know that he speaks for himself, and we'll look forward to those conversations when the time is right. But LeBron has given as much to the game of basketball as, as anyone who's ever played. When the time is right. Where have I heard that before? Right, and let's now listen to Coach Ham that he has an interesting point. LeBron has earned the right, you know, to do whatever he wants to do, to make whatever choice. I'm not one to speculate, but I just want to thank him, AD, the rest of the crew, but especially him for uh, being a consistent resource for me this year as a first-time head coach. Earn the right to do what he wants, even if you're the best player in the world. I mean, to, for you to have your own agency, for your buddy to be the president of it, to you, for you, him to be able to manage uh, players' careers and then you pretty much move them wherever you want, I'm like, I don't know, man. That's what I, I'm like, that's what pisses me off. It's like, it feels like it's his team and not the general manager, the owners. It's like, no, it's dominated right now by one person. And I, I don't like that. Even Kobe, when he was there, I don't think he ever had that kind of power. He would say, bring me someone. He wouldn't be like, I want it to be this guy. They brought in a Paul Gasol from Memphis and look at what happened there. They became the mejores amigos, best friends, won a couple of championships, and they're both now retired up in the rafters. Gangsta Raider, SoCal. What's up, my man? Hey, what's happening, man? I'm glad when you be hosting the show. It's been like the homie, you know, that took over from L.A. But, you know, I'm most excited. I'm optimistic about the season, and the thing I'm most excited about, I know a lot of Raider fans don't want to hear this, but I'm most excited about us not having Derek Carr no more because, to me, I felt like he held us back. Just look at the two games in L.A. You know what I'm saying? He opened up the season against L.A. I mean, out here in L.A. against the Chargers, and he threw three interceptions and had two fumbles by itself. That's five interceptions. I mean, that's five turnovers by itself. And then look at the um, game against the Rams. You know what I'm saying? He let Baker Mayfield, who I think they signed the day before, come back and beat him. You know what I'm saying? And after that first game to start the season off, i seen little kids that had um, Derek Carr jerseys on before the game. They was taking off their jerseys and putting on Justin Herbert T-shirts after the game. Wow. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just optimistic about us not having him anymore. And um, maybe I can get a straight answer from you because nobody else seems to know. Whatever happened to Heidi Fang on the morning tailgate? You know what I'm saying? It's like she just disappeared. Ermana, you know how Heidi you know what happened to her? I don't know what's up with that, man. I mean, I'm I'm not a boss out here. I just come and work. I actually, it's funny. I, a coworker out here in Lotus, thank, appreciate the call, Gangster Raider. A uh, coworker here, he was like, "Yo, when are you in the office?" I'm like, "Hey, I'm the bullpen guy. I'm the reliever. Whenever somebody puts the the hand up and be like, we need you in the station,' is when I come in. I don't know, but Heidi's doing fantastic work. Follow her on social media. Follow her at the Review Journal. She is amazing. We're gonna go to a break because I got Demon Cotton right here now, ready to come into the studio. We're gonna talk a little bit of combat sports, AEW wrestling. 
boxing, a little bit of MMA. I want to talk about those shows going down here in Las Vegas this weekend. Are you looking for a place to cool down and let loose on Saturdays? Then head over to the M Resort State Dream Pool throughout the month of May. Every Saturday from noon to 3 p.m., Day Dream Pool will be sampling Quantro cocktails that are featured on their expensive cocktail menu. The Packers granted, obviously, permission for the Jets to come out and visit. We had a nice visit. They decided to leave their cars in the street, which attracted paparazzi attention, which uh, got you know a few of them photographed, which I thought was pretty funny. But we had a we had a nice we had a nice conversation. I told them, listen, I'm not ready to make a decision about anything. I want to get back into my workouts and see how it feels, you know, to really hit it hard for for a week, and then I'll you know see where we're at. Aaron Rodgers, now quarterback for the New York Jets. Bobby was like, I'm going to play a soundbite from Aaron Rodgers to prove a point. It's all about me. That's what guys like that. Bobby says that guys like LeBron, like Aaron Rodgers, they say it's all about me. And they put it out there. So we'll see. But right now we got my broadcast partner with the Vegas Vipers (laughs) and producer, Board operator with the the show that you follow here on Raider Nation Radio, Unnecessary Roughness. You got your own show as well where you talk about combat sports out here in Lotus Broadcasting. You can check it out, 1230, the game, the fight game. Damon Cotton. And I was like, you know what? I need to talk some wrestling today because I'm going to go to a wrestling show later tonight. AEW Dynamite. Then I'm going to go to a wrestling show on Sunday, AEW Double or Nothing. This is pretty much where the company had their first show. AEW, the second biggest wrestling company in the world, right behind WWE. Damon, how are you? What can you tell the folks out here on Raider Nation Radio about AEW and about them coming to Vegas every year and putting on big shows. Yeah, AEW, they had the initial, before AEW was started, they had all in the test of could this indie, can a group of indie guys fill a 10,000 seat arena? And they did that in Chicago, but they started AEW and that was the, we have an official company, the first show, Double or Nothing, in Vegas, the MGM Grand Garden Arena. I was on that show, on that card. Super proud about that. You know, my wrestling career is over, but I still got that in the feather of the cap. And just that day being there for that show. And I think that when they come to Vegas, Vegas now has to be one of those big type of pay-per-views. They don't do pay-per-views as often as WWE, but when it comes to the equivalent, the, the WrestleManias, the SummerSlams, Double or Nothing is definitely one of those tentpole events for AEW. Exactly. You look at their pay-per-view schedule and they have their show in Chicago, their show in Vegas, and those are the ones that don't move anywhere. But then you look over, they're doing Forbidden Door and that one has switched spots in the past. They were they did it in Chicago, they're now going to do it in Canada. You look at other events and they've been moving them around from Florida to Baltimore, but Vegas stays in their calendar and the first year they sold out within minutes. Like, it was that excitement from the fan base and the people that love professional wrestling that came all the way from all over the world, not just from other states and neighboring states. It's like from everywhere to support that show back in 2019. 2020 pandemic happened. 2021, they had their first show out there sold out in Jacksonville with fans in the stands because it was still like in the pandemic era Mm -hmm. where you weren't, you're doing social distancing. 22, they came back. 
big demand. 23, they're here. They're at T-Mobile Arena. And being at T-Mobile Arena is big, Damon. You were there at MGM Grand, and MGM Grand has its history, but the premier arena right now in Vegas is T-Mobile. And for them to be running shows there, that's big. Yeah, it shows you when you look at just combat sports in general, where this past weekend you had Devin Haney versus Vasily Lomachenko. That was at MGM. But then when you had a few weeks back, Tank versus Ryan Garcia, that was a fight that this is this is a big deal. This is T-Mobile. So there is still that jump in star power, I would want to say, where the MGM, nothing wrong with being in the MGM Grand. It's a great arena. Not a bad seat in the house. But T-Mobile, that's that next level of your big time you have arrived. Exactly. Tonight, they have Dynamite happening at uh, MGM Grand Garden Arena. There's a guy that I watch in that show, Orange Cassidy, that I, I always, at the beginning, I didn't understand it. But now I'm like a big fan of the guy. He's like uh, a lazy kind of guy. But then it's like he just turns it on and then it's like ridiculous. What would you tell the fans that follow WWE for a lot of years at the Rock era, the Stone Cold era, which is the Attitude era, Undertaker, and that probably fell off the bus with this company? It's more like wrestling in the ring than storytelling, right? Yes. AEW, they're really going to give you more in-ring product. Maybe the storytelling isn't as soap opera novella like the wwe is not a lot of love triangles going on in aew (laughs) but when it comes to orange cassidy the all-atlantic champion where he's that guy where he puts his hands in his pockets that's his big bit where he wrestles with his hands in his pockets and when it first started i was like that's not going to catch on on tv that's an indie gimmick it's fun when you watch it you know at a nice venue in l.a but I don't think that's going to catch on to a national audience. But it has. And not only it's, oh, he keeps his hands in his pockets, but when it's time to go, he can go. And for me, on Dynamite these past couple of weeks since he's won that championship, he's been the workhorse. He's the guy that, hey, it's Dynamite. Orange Cassidy's going to give you a banger. Exactly. And you mentioned that show back in 2019, Double or Nothing, that you were a part of. I remember when Cassidy did his gimmick, and it was against Tommy Dreamer, and the crowd wasn't reacting they were like, oh, what's going on? Nowadays, he does those slow kicks and the people are going crazy for those slow kicks. Or like you said, the big epitome is when he puts his hands in his pockets and the crowd goes crazy. That's what you want in a wrestler. The gimmick that is the reason why people go and pay and want to watch it live and cheer for those moments. And there's nothing difficult about a guy putting his hands in his pockets. And you've been in wrestling and that's the real deal. I mean, I know that's, Things are pre-planned and everything, but those hits, they're real. When you go down on the on the canvas, that's real. And those you got that bump card. You had yeah. yours. Everything about taking a bump is completely 100% real. But it's also, when you mention Orange Cassidy, that first show, hey, maybe it wasn't catching on. What I love about AEW so much is that they trust their audience. Where, hey, the fans are eventually, they're going to smarten up. They do have smart fans. Where we see the the new, everybody's talking about AEW. What, what's going to happen at the upfront that happened last week? People care about the TV deals. All that inner minutia that most, maybe the casual fan doesn't care about. But AEW's big bet is we're going to get more of those hardcore fans. That's what's going to keep us afloat more. Because we know that our audience is smart and they're invested in the product. Yeah, I'll say this. WWE lost me. And AEW earned me. Like, all the work that the guys that are now in AEW were doing in the indies, that then they created a company with Tony Khan, which is also part of the ownership group with the Jacksonville Jaguars. They earned me as a fan, and they haven't lost me. And they keep bringing guys like, I'm looking at tonight's card, Lucha Bros versus Blackpool Combat Club, Claudio and Yuta. I'm like, Lucha Bros, I used to watch them in Lucha Underground and fell in love with them, Pentagon and Phoenix, and I'm like, they're here now. Tayo Valkyrie, 
same thing. I found out about her in Lucha Underground, followed her at AAA, everywhere she's been, Impact, uh, NXT, back to Impact, now in AEW. I'm a big fan of her. She's going against Lady Frost. Orange Cassidy defending the AEW International title versus Kyle Fletcher and the House of Black versus AR Fox, who I also learned about and met and everything with uh, Lucha Underground, Blake Christian and Metallique. It's like you look at that card and it's like, yo, they're going to just put banger after banger after banger after banger. It's going to be entertainment on in the ring and that's like that what tony khan wants to do more of a sporting experience than just watch i've been to wwe shows in the past and i'm like i'm a part of a tv production I'm, i feel like an extra on the set looking <laughs> at the screen of what's going on backstage no i paid for a ticket i want to see action in the screen the i other, mean action in the ring not on the screen the other thing that aw is doing a good job when it comes to that in-ring product Maybe it's not as formulaic as WWE, but there is long-term storytelling where one of the matches that I know that we're both the most excited for for Sunday's Double or Nothing card is that anarchy in the arena match between the Elite and the Blackpool Combat Club where you have the Elite. You know, it started with a YouTube show for these guys, and now they've brought it to TNT and TBS, and that's storytelling. The Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, Adam Page, where these guys are constantly, you know, Who's in the elite? Who's not in the elite? It's the long-term storytelling of can these guys all coincide with each other? Exactly. And I know both you and I we used to go to Samstown for those shows. Oh, yeah. And it's like it's incredible for me. I'm like I used to be in that small, intimate venue with wrestling happening, with Ring of Honor, watching these guys in action. And now we go to MGM tonight. We go to T-Mobile Arena on Sunday. It's incredible the way that they've been able to grow their brand and the brand of all elite wrestling. I think it's just something fantastic for the city of Las Vegas to be included with them as often as possible because WWE, they they did have that show at Allegiant Stadium. Was it SummerSlam? Yep. And then they went back to MGM Grand for another pay-per-view. and That was Money in the Bank, yeah. But they're like, they switch it up, then they have TV, but not as often. And over here, you know, May, Memorial Day weekend, AEW's taking care of the city of Las Vegas and the fans here. Yeah, it's a, it's a tempo Memorial Day weekend, like you said, that you know that they're going to be here for double or nothing. But I've got to ask you, how excited are you for that fatal four-way for the the four pillars for the AEW championship? I'm, because for me, I think it's MJF and, like, uh, cancel Christmas because we know that he's not losing that title anytime soon. Yeah, right now that's the situation. But you look over at the other company, and I thought that's been the case for, what, two years? It's like, oh, well, it's, it's, it's Roman going, Reigns in the main event, and he's going to win. thousand days. Yeah, it's like, so he's going to win. So right now I'm just like, yo, it's going to be a great match, and they're going to take us to, in a roller coaster ride, and I think it's just going to be exciting. But they got a special talent right there in MJF that's in a level above the other guys. But the other guys, they're still growing. Jungle Boy, you got uh, the Darby Allen, who's amazing. Sammy Guevara, who's now turning a little bit face with the crowd reaction he had in Austin last week. I just think it's that's the thing. They're growing the next generation, and they ain't scared of putting them in the main event and being like, yo, guys, be the talk of the town. Take over. That's the surprise to me that they're giving these guys the main event spotlight already so soon. We know that MJF, he's mage. He's the cream of the crop. But those other guys, I hope that they can elevate to MJF's level. Trust your folks. Both Damon and I will be there covering the event on Sunday. So check out our social medias. We'll catch up soon. Plug your show where you always talk about combat sports. Yeah, the fight game with Damon Cotton, but also don't miss out. Hey, if you're already listening to Harry Ruiz covering for JT the Brick, stay tuned for Unnecessary Roughness coming up right after with me and your boy Q.
I know I always listen. Heck, I pretty much listen to Raider Nation Radio all day, so stay tuned here. Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM, covering Vegas sports and, of course, everything going down in our city. I think I'm going to have a Modelo later today at the show. Modelo is an official cerveza of the Raiders and the official beer of fans with the fighting spirit. Modelo, rooted in the heart of the Raider Nation. Drink responsibly. Imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. 